Our young people, what a blessing they always are to us. I'm praying the Lord will just continue to bless throughout the, the evening. Praying God's power rest upon His Word. Again, I want you to be much in prayer for those that lost loved ones. And again, we ask you to pray for Dave and his family and the loss of his nephew. Pray God will just be gracious there. And I know there's others that stand in great need today. I think of the Hobson family. Pray God will. We continue to bless them with the grace they stand in need of. And many others I know today that do truly need touch from the Master's hand. <clears throat> if you would, I'd like to invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews in chapter 6, and while you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. This is Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just outside of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house of God's people known as Emmanuel. And again, we're thankful that you're able to tune in to WGOH to hear a portion of God's Word. We're veering off of our normal study we have been doing in the course of the last few Sundays on the church covenant. I just felt led of the Lord today to preach a gospel message, praying God's power upon it. I would ask you to be much in prayer for the lost around you, praying God will be gracious. He may touch them, bring them to life, that they may see their need. You see, without a touch from the Master's hand, no one will ever come to the realization that they have that need. And I ask the question today, in the reading of our Scriptures will show there's an anchor for the soul. And I ask you today, do you know the anchor for the soul? Verse 17 of Hebrews in chapter 6, the Bible says, Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hope upon, to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. An anchor of the soul. Having the anchor of the soul is the only time and place you're going to find any peace in this world. Finding that time of solace. Especially when it comes down toward the end of your life. Some people may have a, a little glimpse of that knowing that they're in a position of dying, but yet there are many others who do not even have the knowledge that today may be their last day. And I wonder from time to time when I'm visiting the sick, those that are downtrodden, I wonder how much more time they have and if they have the peace that passeth all understanding. Do they have an anchor for the soul? 
Do they have a place that they can go and find rest in time of trouble? The Bible says in verse 19, which hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into within the veil, whether the forerunner is of us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Again, I want to bring a message today simply entitled, Do You Have the Anchor? Do you have the anchor today? You may be sitting in this house. You may be out in radio land or wherever it may be. You may be under the hearing of this word. And I pray that you are. And I pray that God would send his Holy Spirit to deal with your hearts. Because you see it's what it takes. is a touch from the, the master of masters. A touch to quicken and awake that spirit. And I pray that even now that God's Holy Spirit will do that for you even this very hour. Today as we look at this, this text, I want us to be considering. You have a strong consolation. Do you know the peacemaker? You have the security of salvation. May God help you today to have that. Heavenly Father, dear God, again, as we come before your throne, we do so with thankful hearts. Dear God, we come before you praying that you would open the minds and the eyes of individuals in this house. Father, there may be those out in Radio Land who have never known the peace that passeth all understanding. There may be those that are listening by way of radio today who know that they're in their last moments of life. Lord, I pray today that you would give them that anchor for the soul, the peace that allows Psalm 23 to come true in our lives. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we shall fear no evil. Lord, I pray today that in this congregation, as we look out over this crowd, their young people need to know thee as Savior. There may be adults in this house today, Lord, that need to know thee as loving Savior. Lord, I pray that you would help today to touch where the preacher cannot go. Lord, that you would open their eyes that they may see and unstop their ears that they may hear of the wonderful hope of salvation. Father, I pray that you will just bless our time together. May your power rest in this house. We'll not forget to give you all the praise and honor and glory. For it's in Jesus Christ's name is sake that I pray. And amen. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends and our radio audience, today I am I'm so thankful to be able to come and once again bring forth a glorious gospel message, not only to this auditorium, 
but to all those in Radio Land, and maybe today you're listening by way of a, a sermon audio or whatever it may be, I, I'm praying that today that the heart of the Christian may be encouraged, number one, to know that we have an anchor for our souls. We have the ability to find rest in troubled waters. I'm praying for the lost around us today also that they may come to know that peace, the peace that passeth all understanding. Our text of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 17 through 19 here portrays to us an undying truth that shall be forever and throughout all eternity. The anchor for the soul is such that we can never lose our salvation. A truth that the God of heaven gives us, and the Bible says he cannot lie. And for that, I'm very thankful to know that this word that we have in our hands today is the very voice of God, and the Bible has plainly declared to us that it comes from the God who cannot lie. So in other words, you can take with you today the hope of salvation. Because he says, all those who come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. He's able to do so because his word is true. His word is faithful and and today we have people that preach another gospel that that uh, the, a gospel that you can lose salvation but the bible doesn't say anything like that as a matter of fact the bible that i have here today says that our salvation is an eternal salvation it is a a salvation that will go through all eternity and if it will if it was not so that would make God's word a lie and God's, and God's word has already made the claim that we're dealing with a God who cannot lie. And he says our salvation is eternal. Romans in chapter 8 verses uh, 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 28 down through verse 34 especially. The Bible shows us there that nothing can take away our salvation. There's not even a power known to man or, or even to God that's able to take away your salvation. And we'll see that in a little while. My friend, I want you to know because God has promised we can have a steadfast hope in the anchor of our souls. In Hebrews in chapter 5, I'll back up just a little bit here. And I want you to think about this found in verse 9 and 10. The Bible says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Again, we see in verse 9 that the very Son of God is the anchor he is the beginning and the end of our salvation. He is the very, the very essence of salvation to all those who will come unto him. In Hebrews in chapter 12, and then we'll move on with our message here in just a moment, but I want you to think about this now. 
Hebrews in chapter 12. Notice what it says here in verse 2 of, of this scripture. The Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I want you to stop and just consider that line. Do you know him today? Do you know him as the author of your salvation? Do you know him as the finisher of your salvation? Friend, I want you to know today that is the greatest thing that you could ever get a hold of. The greatest thing that you could ever wish for in your life is the fact that there was somebody who was able to pay your sin debt in full. There was somebody who was able to take your place at Calvary that you could never pay in all eternity. The Bible speaks of that eternal death and that is a place where sins are paid for. But the thing of it is, it is in the, it's just like heaven, it's eternal. It'll never end and you'll never be able to pay your sin debt. Jesus Christ came to pay your sin debt and he came to pay it in full. The Bible says that once he has come, there as he hang on the cross of Calvary and as he cried out, tell us die, tell us die. That is to say, it is finished. Friend, I want you to know when he cried out, it is finished, the Bible speaks of the fact that the temple veil was rent from top to bottom. It wasn't from the bottom to the top, but it was signifying that God was satisfied with the sacrifice of his son. And that veil that once hid the great God of, of heaven, the great I am, has now been torn asunder, opening up access to you and I to go boldly before Him. How do we do so? Do we do it in our own works? No, we do it in the blood and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. My friends, I want you to know today that we can have the certainty of eternal life abiding in us. We that are saved by the grace of God according to the book of 1 John tells us that we have the witness in ourselves. Not only so, but we can, have a, we can know that we have eternal life abiding in us. You know, I hear people say all the time, well, preacher, I hope I've done enough. I hope I've done this or I've done that. I hope I, my baptism will get me into the pearly gates. I hope that my membership in a church uh, uh, will give me access. I want you to know the only access into heaven is the by way of an old bloody trail. It's by way of the old rugged cross and by Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is the only means by which today you may be saved by the grace of God. The God of gods has promised and He will not go back on His word. As we have seen from our text in Hebrews chapter 6, the Bible also tells us in Titus, if you'll go over here, in chapter 1 of the book of Titus in verses 1 and 2. Notice what it says here with me now. The Bible says, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, 
and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness in hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Friend, I want you to know something today. That's what you got to lean on. Today there are people that, that are saying you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to jump through that hoop, you got to jump over the moon over here. When really the Bible says, you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified and thou shalt be saved. That's what the old Philippian jailer heard. And Paul and Silas was there in the prison and as that prison was shaken and torn asunder, the Bible speaks of the fact that that jailer was ready to take his own life. Because he feared that everybody was gone and escaped. But Paul cried out and he said, Do thyself no harm, for we're all here. The Bible says he sprang in and asked for light. And as he looked around, he saw all those men still standing there. No doubt, all those prisoners that were in there with Paul and Silas had heard the same thing that the old prison, the old prison warden heard. The Bible says he cried out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. Friend, that's what I'm telling you today. <clears throat> that's what you must come to realize today. That the only way you're going to have an anchor for the soul is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Believe that He arose. and You will have salvation's power to save. The Bible tells us that we can have eternal life because He lives. In John chapter 1, if you'll go back for just a moment, I want you to notice what it says here. John chapter 1. Begin reading at verse 1 down through verse 14. The Bible says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Folks, we're talking today about uh, the darkness that's in this world. We're talking about today how, how dark this world seems to be, but I'm telling you today that when Jesus Christ comes back on the scene, you're going to see a light that's going to be brighter, that's going to annihilate the darkness. The Bible says in verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came to his own and his own received him not. But listen to this, sinner friend. Realize what the Bible's saying here. 
He came unto his own, but his own wouldn't even have him. But notice what it says in verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. My friend, there's the power of God unto salvation, believing on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and him crucified. You have an anchor for the soul. Verse 12 again, the Bible says, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Folks, I've heard people say, Well, when I get ready, I'll do this. I'll be saved when I... When I've lived a little bit longer, when I've sowed my wild oats, or when I when I choose to do so on my own time, I'll be saved. But friend, I want you to know something today that the Bible is very plain. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation's power is of God Himself. And that is very important. When we take ourselves out of the equation, when we take our works Away from it. What do we have? We have absolutely nothing to offer God. And even our works, the Bible says, our righteousnesses are as filthy rags before the holy God of heaven. So I ask you today, what are you leaning on? What anchor do you have holding you firm in in the hope of salvation? What hope do you have today? Are you resting, are you trying to rest upon the, the good laurels of yourself or, or the good works that you have done? Are you trying to rest upon what some man told you? Are you trying to rest upon some prayer that some man had you to repeat? Friend, I want you to know something. There's only one place to find rest and solace for the soul. There's only one place to find an anchor of salvation. That's in the blood of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. My friend, because He arose, we see salvation's power to save through the gospel message and the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, you know, oftentimes I, I, I see people that they want to lay claim to an idea, but they never felt the guilt of sin. Friends, you must feel the guilt of your own sin before you will ever be saved. You must know that you stand before the holy God of heaven as a stained instrument. You must know today that you stand before the holy God of heaven as an earthen vessel that is filled with putrefying sores. You must know today that you need help. The sad thing of it is, it seems to me like there's so many in the world today that don't see themselves as sinners. They don't see themselves as fallen, depraved humanity because in the world and society we live today, everybody's patted on the back and told that they're going to be okay. You'll be all right. You'll get there your own way. I've heard it. I've heard it many a time before. Preacher, I'm making my own way to heaven. No, you're not. There's only one way to heaven. That's through Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 
There is no other way. Jesus Christ states in John 14 and 6, I believe it is, that he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father but by him. Now secondly, as we look at this anchor, we have a steadfast hope because of the resurrection and because we see salvation's power to keep. This is the this is the gospel that makes a difference in lives of individuals. A salvation that you cannot lose, a salvation that you cannot hurt. A salvation which will never be destroyed. That's the power that's in the blood of Jesus Christ. We sing that old song from time to time, there's power in the blood. Folks, I want you to know that power is a keeping power. That power that's in the blood is a sustaining power of our salvation. It is something that we can never lose. Therefore, it is the purest of the gospel that there is. Those today that teach you can, you can have the gospel, but if you don't live it, if you don't keep it, if you don't, if you don't do all these things, you're... You're not saved. You lose your salvation. The Bible says there's no possible way for us to be able to lose our salvation. John chapter 6. The Bible says this in verse 35. Now notice this. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. And he that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. You know, I'm, a, I'm afraid today that there's a lot of people in churches that have seen him but don't believe him. The Bible speaks of it in Romans in chapter 10 and verse 8. The word is nigh thee. It's in your ears. It's in your heart. But you still don't believe. Folks, that makes me wonder today. And I ask you today about this salvation that you can lose. Listen, is it really eternal salvation if you can lose it? No, it's not. Therefore, whoever preaches such, the Bible says, let them be a curse. Any other gospel that's brought forth is to be looked upon as a curse from the mouth of men. As a matter of fact, you're not even supposed to bid them farewell. You're not even supposed to bid them Godspeed if they preach another gospel. That's biblical. That's what the Bible says. But this is the salvation that brings life. Listen, in verse 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Friend, I want you to know something. That's the salvation that makes a difference. Amen. That's the salvation that makes an anchor for the soul. Romans in chapter 8. The Bible says this in verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. 
For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. If you're saved today, in God's eyes, it's just as though it's already done. Your glorification is set because he sees the blood of his son. Verse 31 says, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? That's the hope of my salvation. That's where my anchor holds, is in the, in the salvation that Jesus Christ affords. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is it that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God. Who also maketh intercession for us. Listen to this. We're talking about the keeping power. Of the anchor of our souls. And he says here in verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now listen, this is what the Apostle Paul had to say about his salvation. This is the reason why today that we see in the book of Hebrews, as I believe that he wrote, I believe that he, he wrote that, he, and this is the reason why he had the hope of the anchor of his soul. And I believe this is the reason why today that we have an anchor for our soul. He says, for I am persuaded. He was, he was sure of it. Just like you and I are today in our own salvation. Real salvation persuades you. It persuades you that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. My friend, that right there is what produces the anchor for the soul. That's what gives us the very soulless to enjoy our salvation. Nothing, my friend, nothing can separate you from your salvation and from the love of God. Lost sinner friend, I want you to know eternal life is not just until you fail. It's not until you sin, but it's for all eternity. That is why it's called eternal life. Eternal has a definition of lasting for all time without end. Think about it. That's our salvation. That's the reason why today that the redeemed have an anchor for their souls. Think about this. Salvation gives us an inward well of living water springing up into everlasting life. 
That's what salvation is. Because of His resurrection, we have sustaining power to keep us throughout all eternity. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, in chapter 6, I believe it is, you know there's not one hair of our head can fall without the Lord knowing about it. Not one hair. That, my friend, is the anchor for the soul. But the third thing I want you to think about today is because of that anchor for our souls, we definitely have a home in heaven. You know, the other day I was talking to a man, and that man was on his deathbed, and I was talking about the home that the redeemed have. The hope of the saved have a have a home in heaven. We have a place that's far better than this earth here. I trust. I trust that the man is saved by the grace of God. I trust that he knows the Lord is his Savior. But listen, I want you to know today that you can have the hope and the anchor for your soul to know that you have a home when you leave this life. We've seen a lot of family and friends passed in the last few years. The thought always comes to my mind. I wonder what they're doing now. I wonder who they're talking to now. You know why I think that? Because I know there's a home beyond this life. I know there's a bold that we, uh, what uh, Ecclesiastes, I believe it's chapter 12, verse 5 says, is our long home. We have a long home. That's the eternal abode that we have. John chapter 14, Jesus Christ, as he speaks, he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you, I go and prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. Friend, that's what having the anchor of the soul will give you, satisfaction of a home beyond the sunset. I'm going to preach that message here one day. I don't know just exactly when, but it's the home. It's beyond the sunset. Each one of us is going to have a day when our sun's going to take its final setting. The Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. I ask you today, do you have an anchor when that time, the appointed time comes to you, do you have the anchor? Do you know the anchor of your soul? Do you know him in a way of salvation? You can have no other peace, my friend. There's no greater peace than to know that Jesus Christ has paid your sin debt. There's no greater peace than to know that when you leave this life, You have a home in heaven. There's nothing quite like it to realize Brother Stoniker, J. 
just the week before he passed as myself and my wife were with him. We had prayer with him one day at the house. And just before his passing, this was his last words to me. I'm ready to go. I want to go home. Ninety-some years old and had pastored in that church for nearly 60 years. He had lost his wife, I think it was about eight or ten years ago. He says, I want to go home. I want to go home. It's only the redeemed who have the hope of a home in heaven. It's only those who have trusted the Lord as their Savior who have that hope. This is why we have a steadfast hope because he arose the third day. My sin, your sin debt is paid in full. God the Father being satisfied with his son raised him on the third day. And now we can rest assured in the promises that he gives through his word. He says, I'll never lie. God says that his word is true. That's the only word that you can bank on. You know, I've heard people say before, well, you can bank on his word. No, you cannot bank on humanity's word, but you can on God's word. It's a word that will never return into him void and it's a word that will never be changed. Sinner friend, do you not wish today to have and to know this peace that the anchor gives? The anchor of Hebrews chapter 6 talks about the anchor of our soul. The only way to get it is to repent of sin. That's one of those old doctrinal stances that the Baptists have always stood for, but you never hardly hear it no more. Repent of sin. Why should we repent? Because we're sinners. And we need to repent before the holy God of heaven. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. He'll save you right where you're at right now. You know, I go back to the book of Hebrews in chapter 6 again. And here, once again, the Bible says we're in. God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation, a strong feeling, a strong knowledge of salvation who have fled for the refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. 
friend today, do you not wish to have that kind of peace? The peace that passeth all understanding. We go back to Hebrews 5 and 7. The Bible says, Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death. And it was heard in that he feared Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Where do you stand today? Do you not wish to have an anchor for your soul? Something that is sure and steadfast. Something that can never be taken away. Something that you can always rest in. You see, that's what real salvation will do for you. Oh, there's times that Satan will try to chase you away from your salvation. But it's just like Romans 8 says, there's no creature, nothing that can take away that salvation. He may take you to a point of doubt. He may take you to a point where you fear that you've lost it. But know this, that nothing, according to Romans chapter 8, can take away that salvation. And because of that joy and that freedom, we can have peace that passeth all understanding. I ask you today, is that not something that you would want to have in your life? The anchor for your soul. The anchor that will give you peace, joy, and contentment. May God help you today. And may God save your soul.